each one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning, and welcome to Separate with Lynn. <clears throat> Today, the title of our show is Transitioning Toward a More Resilient Future, and my guest is Dylan Siebert from Transition KW. One of the things Dylan is going to talk to us about is resources. Um, at Separate with Lynn, we're always talking in one way or another about resources, too. We talk about our financial resources and how to make the best of them. Remember, I'm always here to help whenever you need me. Uh, if there are changes happening in your life, if you have choices to make, if you have questions, just send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca and we'll arrange a time to chat. That's lynn at stepright.ca, L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Um, love to chat with you. The future isn't what it used to be. Our prospects for the 21st century look very different than they did at the outset of the 20th, with an increasingly unstable climate, rising energy prices, and volatile economy converging on a global society that is woefully unprepared. Or is it? The Transition Network began in, K in the UK as a community-scaled, grassroots response to our worldwide predicament. At its heart is a realization that we can live simpler, happier, and more environmentally and socially conscious lives by transitioning away from a way of life that relies on enormous amounts of energy. Today, Transition is a worldwide movement, and Transition KW is just one of nearly 500 independent initiatives worldwide. Dylan Siebert is a writer and outdoor educator. He volunteers with Transition KW as a co-facilitator of the Transition Families subgroup, a network of young and old who meet monthly for nature walks and outdoor workshops. Currently, he is involved in founding KW Forest School, a social enterprise that aims to get more kids outdoors and engaging with nature in the city. Welcome to Separate with Lynn, Dylan. Thanks, Lynn. Great to be on the show with you today. That's awesome. How's your day going so far? Great. Um, it was a pretty chilly bike ride to um, to get here this morning. I'm I'm on a landline at a friend's house actually, so oh, okay. uh, I was uh, buffeted by the winds on my way here. And it's good to be sitting in a warm kitchen talking with you right now. Yeah. What a change from the weather yesterday, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We had a very we had a very warm uh day in this uh in this area yesterday. Mm-hmm. So Dylan, tell us a bit about yourself, your background, how you got involved with Transition KW. Sure. Um well, it goes back to uh, when I was in high school. Um and I was learning and thinking about all those things you mentioned on the introduction. Uh you know, I was listening to your introduction just now then and I was like, "Oh, oh, I'm a little scared. You know, what are all these issues Lynn is talking about on the radio here? Um, um, today, in school today, um, in both in elementary school and in high school, 
um, young people are learning quite a lot about environmental issues, about social issues, and also about how those things are going to affect our quality of life over the next 50, 60 years as we're growing up raising families of our own. Um, it can be a lot to take in when you're 17 mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have life experience to kind of process or handle those things. So um, one thing that was really great for me during that time, all through high school, um, was going to camp each summer and Mm. finding a place where themes of environmentalism, uh, learning about nature, where all those things were associated with really, really positive memories, friendships, chances to uh, take initiative and er learn responsibility, chances to just, you know, roam through the forest or paddle a canoe. And mm-hmm. that was what really put me in touch with, um, you know, there is a lot to be grateful for and a lot to hope for. Um, looking forward at the future, um, uh, often means that I'm looking back to my past and looking at the experiences that have shaped mm-hmm. who I am. So, um, I'm 24 now. High school was not that long ago for me, about seven years. But um, since then, I've discovered not just that there are these big problems out there, but that there are also grassroots groups working at solutions. So I came into, I became familiar with the transition movement during university. Um, Mm -hmm. Was kind of exposed to that through class readings, and um, and later discovered that there was actually a chapter in my hometown, Transition KW. So. I went to school in Waterloo, and now I live in Kitchener. So Transition KW, when I got in contact with them, um, I said, this is great. Um, Here are some people looking at climate change, looking at energy issues, looking at uh, economic forecasts and saying, okay, how can we get together and plan for this future that we know is coming? How can we get together and build resilience? That's kind of a key word in the transition uh, okay. Movement, I guess. Okay. So, I, I guess the the main thing is, um, you know, to be aware that that it is a positive message is is what they're bringing here. Um, however, transitioning also leads me to believe that you believe there's a need for change. Hmm. Well, I, I suppose the transition philosophy is that, um, you know, the inter governmental panel on climate change has been telling us uh, for a few years now about what climate change is going to bring, um, how it's going to affect things like international trade and food supply. And uh, these these facts have been out in uh, available <laughs> for some time. And it's, 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 we're now at a point where we can definitely take a lot of action to reduce the damage of climate change. But mm-hmm. In many ways, it's already here and it's already causing um, effects on our lives. I mean, maybe right. you remember, Lynn, those uh, pretty extreme storms we had this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen more extreme storms in the States, especially with the New York flooding. Those are the kinds of um, forecasts that climate change is slated to bring, not just an even warming across the globe, but uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot more unpredictability that we should, it'd be best for us to be prepared for. 
And is the, is the question not so much whether we've caused this or not, just more what we're going to do about it? Because yeah, exactly because things it. are changing. Things are changing. Now, now, whether it's, you know, I think that the issue really isn't did we cause it or did we not, but what are we going to do about it going forward? Yeah, and and you're right. It's it is kind of moving past that question, and and like you mentioned earlier, it's moving past the question as well of um, do we want change or do we want to create change? It's no change. Change is here. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of resilience is that um, change is happening in that the best way. You you know you can't exactly foresee every single change that's coming. Anybody knows that about life, mm-hmm. but. The idea of building resilience is investing in your community and saying, okay, um, what kinds of things can we get together with other people so that we're prepared for more of anything surprising? Right, right. So Transition KW, what are you, what is it trying to accomplish? Um, yeah, good question. There um I might I might back up a little bit and start with sure. a little bit history about the um transition movement itself. Okay. Um, because transition KW um came about later on. So transition actually started in the UK. It was a small town in Cornwall that um a group of people got together and had a conversation and said, Well, okay, we've been, you know, reading a lot of news and statistics and it's kind of getting us down. Let's uh, get together and make something good happen that we can feel pretty good about. So they started the first transition initiative and uh, just went out and talked to their neighbors. They said, what are you thinking about climate change? What are you thinking about peak oil and other energy issues? Um, How can we uh, invest in a local food system? Um, retrofit our houses to be more weather resilient, um, invest in renewable energy that we can produce locally. All those things were just, you know, what uh, people in the local community thought of that this, you know, this would work for our location where we are in our neighborhood, in our context. Okay. So that was such a success that the idea started to spread outwards. Um, right now, transition um, like you mentioned in your introduction, Transition is a global network. There are nearly 500 initiatives worldwide. And the original founders of the movement um, provide resources, provide uh, networking opportunities, but it's almost entirely up to wherever the group forms because Transition movement recognizes that every community's adaptations are going to be unique to that community. They're going to be specific to where we are, where we're living, what effects we're going to feel in the future. Mm, So Transition KW, um, the current group has been meeting for about two years. And um, right now we've got uh, a core group of members that meets once a month. And has several working groups that um, benefit from the coordination of of all of being working under a common umbrella. Okay. So just to give you an idea of what we're um of what some of our working groups are, we've got a gardening group, we've got a group involved in cob construction. So that's building uh it's it's using building materials that are renewably sourced and environmentally friendly. So straw, uh oh. 
Yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting form of building. So that group's mm. actually looking at um, considering several sites for building community ovens. You know those dome-shaped bread ovens that you see mm-hmm. outsource? Okay. So that's what the Cobb group is up to. Um, wow, that's got, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So they're so they're they're really looking to roll up their sleeves, both both the Cobb group <laughs> and the gardening group, and that's and really sure. get a, yeah get their hands dirty doing a practical project. So so is that construction? Is it something that somebody could use, say, for an outbuilding or you know, like yes, you absolutely. wouldn't? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I I know a couple in downtown Kitchener actually who have built an addition onto their home using straw bale cob type construction. I'd love to and see what that looks like because I can't really quite imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you cover it over with whitewash and it looks a lot uh-huh. like a plaster wall. Um, it's it's I think the benefit is that it's all renewable resources. Right. And it's all it's very very good insulating. Mhm. And bet. you can make it yourself with your own hands. Yeah, that's amazing. That that would be really that would be really fun to be involved in actually. Yeah, yeah. So we so we've got a few things like that that are practical. We've also got right. uh what we call a repair cafe happening monthly. So that's okay. where um we partner with another group who hosts that at a at a workshop. And uh people just bring in things that uh are broken that are might need fixing. So, you know, maybe you have a stereo that doesn't seem to work anymore, or maybe you have a piece of clothing that you, you're not very good with a sewing machine. You need somebody else to help you out with it. Um, mm-hmm. Anything like that or a piece of furniture. The Repair Cafe is just kind of an event that happens. Uh, we've been trying to have them every other month or so mm-hmm. uh, where people can bring in objects that they don't want to see in a landfill that could potentially be used again, have a new life, you could say. Mm-hmm. And it's a chance for people mm-hmm. to mingle and connect over that. Yeah. So I, I, I know um I know what you're saying. Some of those skills like, you know, um even even mending clothes, right? My mother could mend anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we used to pile up, you know, our clothes and and she would be the person who would who would mend any of those things and and you know, our skills are just not what my mother's were. You know, my dad could fix anything too. Now my husband is still pretty good. Um he can fix a lot of things too, but but I know that um that it is something that um you know, that we're not as as conscious of uh you know, we tend to throw things out when when they don't work. <laughs> Especially yeah, electronics, I think, because they're so far beyond most of us. Mhm. Um, I've I've been amazed to hear friends talk about how many electronics can be repaired just by taking them apart, cleaning the components, and putting them back together. Is that right? Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, in yeah. Terms, I mean, in terms of clothing too, I was I always dreaded. I thought, oh no, I don't have the skills. You know, I you know I need someone else to do that for me. But as I've you know made myself sit down with a needle and thread and repair my own pants, actually the pants I'm mm-hmm. wearing now, I did a mm-hmm. repair job on them recently. It's 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 again an empowering thing, you know. It's yeah. a very very yeah. small thing, but it gives me that feeling that oh yes, I can do something to change my life. That's great. Um, we'll hear about the the other things that uh, Transition KW is doing. We're looking forward to hearing them just after this break. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? 
In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. We're back. This is Step Right with Lynn. Uh, today my guest is Dylan Siebert. He's here, here representing Transition KW. Um, so Dylan, we've talked about Cobb Construction, a community garden, um, and the re- repair, um, the repair group, the repair cafe, I guess it is. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. What else is going on? Uh, well, actually, the biggest thing that Transition KW is working on right now um, about uh, several months, uh, about a year or two ago, we received a grant to put together a climate change adaptation toolkit, um, which a group of members worked very hard on for about a year, and we had a big release uh, in the spring of this year. Um, this is a document that was put together um, to answer questions that people might have around climate change specifically. So we've talked about a few of the issues that uh, transition is kind of looking at going forward, climate change is one of the biggest, and it's one of the issues that's most on people's mind these days. Mm -hmm. So the the Climate Change Adaptation Toolkit is a document that you can download for free from our website, transitionkw.com. And we've handed out so far 400 uh, hard copies. They've all gone out to people's homes. We have hard copies of the document available at public libraries in Kitchener and Waterloo. Okay. Um, and we're actually working on making, uh, putting together some presentations that we can uh, go out into the community and, and present the toolkit and say, here's what it is, here's how you can use it. Oh, that's a good um, idea. Yeah, so it's, 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 a, it's a document that gives practical suggestions on, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe you're thinking about climate change, maybe you're worried about what it might mean for you and your family. Here's a list of resources all in one place uh, that you can do proactively. Right, okay. So it's divided into four sections. Um, There's a section on things you can do around your home, things like Mm -hmm. um, heat-proofing your house, reducing your electricity and energy independence, (laughs) energy dependence, that is, preparing for extreme weather. Um, Mm. Uh, so that that section is the your home. Uh, then there's a section for around your home, so things you can get together with your neighbors and do. Oh. Uh, the third is getting around, so transportation, mm-hmm. how you can how you can empower yourself and decrease your reliance on 
on systems that might not be the best for the environment and also might not be the most reliable uh, mm -hmm. moving forward. Um, the fourth section is in your community. So how you can get together with larger groups, neighborhood associations, um, town councils, um, what kinds of things those groups can do. Hmm. Okay. And so around the home, what are some of the things you can do around your home? Um, there are some tips here. I'm actually looking at it on my computer right now. Um, okay. You can, there, I mean, the obvious things are things like adjusting the temperature of your home mm -hmm. um, and using less energy in your home, looking at your appliances regularly. Um, appliances that run well are more efficient. They require less energy than poorly working ones. I mean, that's pretty okay. obvious. For, for me, what's been um, powerful is, is actually thinking, looking at some appliances pretty carefully and saying, okay, which of these things do I want to keep spending money on, fixing, buying, updating, and which of these things can I really do without? Um, mm. okay. So, for instance, I've, I've, um, I've always admired my mother's ability to bake bread. And it's something mm -hmm. my grandmother did as well. And uh, for a few years now, I've been practicing baking bread. Um, and it's again, that's a great, um, it's a great tool to, you can you know you can get something in your kitchen, put it together, it's delicious. You can share it with your friends, and it builds community when you share it. Mm, true. Um, yeah. Going back to the toolkit. Um, they're all things we might have heard before, like insulating your home. You know, it saves you money on your heating bill. Um, install window awnings, um, mm -hmm. you know, to prevent direct sunlight from coming into your home. Okay, uh, yeah. These are all things that, uh, they're basically tips to help you save money around your home. Mm-hmm. And as a side benefit be more prepared for climate change. Okay, right. When when you're talking about appliances, Dylan, um, I know sometimes newer appliances are more efficient than older appliances. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, an old fridge takes a lot more power, I believe, than a new fridge. So how do you balance between, you know, that fridge going to the landfill and and it, it not being energy efficient? Hmm. That is a very make, good question. How do you make that kind yeah. of a decision? I guess it's kind of, well, it, 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 it's one of those things, which, which is better, which is worse. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, I know there are a lot of groups in town that will, um, organizations that will, audit your home for energy efficiency. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, so those are organizations that have put a lot of, <laughs> invested in the know-how to say, you know, which appliances okay. are the best. Um, they can walk around your house and tell you exactly how much air your home is leaking. So, mm -hmm. for instance, some homes, when you put together all the little cracks around the windows or under the doors, or the amount of heat leaking through the wall, it adds up to a big hole in the in your house the size of a basketball, for instance. Mm. And that's about the amount of heat that you are you're, you're paying to heat your your surrounding your backyard, basically. 
that right. I need to go out. Um, and it's a really good question that I, I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't have the answer right off off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the other, I know, the other one I always um, struggle with is is light bulbs too, because mm-hmm. the, um, you know, one light bulb is more energy efficient, but I understand that those light bulbs are a lot worse in the landfill than than the old kinds and. Um, so I guess I guess all that points to is that we need to have these discussions, right? And 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 figure out some things for ourselves on some of these issues. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I I think you're you're referring to the fluorescent bulbs that are coming yeah, out now. Yeah. 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 And they've and they've 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 been known to have mercury inside them, so they can't. I mean, that's a very deadly toxin, as we know. Yeah. Um, yeah. One. I mean. I mean this this solution doesn't work in every in every case but for me um when I'm when I'm often faced with a question of you know do I take this complicated solution or do I take this complicated solution and you're really trying to balance the amount of it, in some in some cases it feels like you're trying to choose the lesser of two evils doesn't it mhm um and for me what's often sometimes this works is that I take a look at this situation and I say well, I'm going to make the best decision I can with the information I have. Mm-hmm. But an even more powerful decision is to turn off the light and hang out by candlelight instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, my roommate and I mm-hmm. have actually gotten really, really into candles in the last little while. We had our mm. Halloween party last week. We had the entire oh, yeah. place lit by candles. No, no, <laughs> no electric light at all. Right. And when I wake up in the morning now, and it's a little dark, but I want to read at breakfast, or yeah, you know, I don't even yeah. need that much light. I just want to eat my oatmeal with mm-hmm. a little bit of light to see my spoon. Having a candle is actually a really nice thing. It it, it gives a really good start to the day. A little bit relaxing too, I bet. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to illustrate by that is, if you have to choose between two very complicated solutions, if there's a third option. That's simpler. That cuts out the complication. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always take it. Right. Mhm. Interesting. So, tell us a little bit more about the issues that that transition as a movement is is trying to um, engage with. Sure. Well, like you mentioned, there part of the issue is that not everyone agrees on what the issues are and how serious they are, right? Sure. Um, um, I mean, the inter- interpa- Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, I'm always tripping over that word, it's the IPCC. They've been in the news recently releasing more reports, more synopses about climate change. Okay. Um, and, I mean, the science is in, the facts are in. It's It's happening, and it's going to affect... Things it's going to affect world climate in ways that aren't entirely predictable. That's one of the hardest mm. things. Okay. That's one of the hardest things to to make public and say, oh, let's prepare for something that no one knows what is going to happen. Right. Um, so hence the idea of resilience, being prepared for anything. Okay. The other yeah. issue that transition was founded to to look at was actually the problem of energy. And that's something that gets a lot less press, actually. 
Um, mm-hmm. Climate change, you know, we have thousands of people marching in New York to draw attention to that. Uh, far fewer people and far fewer numbers are are out there talking about, well, you know, what is the stuff that we run our cars on, that we run our electric lights on, that we heat our houses with? Um, all this energy that um, mm-hmm. we pay our hydro bills for, it's all created by burning fossil fuels that are mined out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And the basic premise of, of peak oil is that, well, we've, we, we know that the Earth is finite. We, we, we know it's, it's mass, approximately. We know that there can only possibly be a certain amount of coal, oil, and natural gas in the ground. Right. And the other thing is that uh, scientists looking at peak oil are telling us is we've, we've actually burned through a substantial chunk of it already. Over the last 100 years, we've converted a large chunk of these fossil fuels into greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that re- that's reflected in things like the rising price of gas, for instance, mm-hmm. the rising price of utilities, the the way that um, oil and natural gas these days are being mined by ever more intensive methods. It's because we got the easy stuff back in the 1800s and the early 20th century. Right. Now yeah. we're going after the hard stuff, the tight oil and tight gas is what they call it. So there's there's that issue on the other hand. There's climate change on the one hand, there's peak oil on the other hand. And it's kind of it's in some ways it's it's again that choice. Oh, which of these two very complicated, distressing issues do I look at first? You know, mm-hmm. I, I just don't have time or energy in my day to think about these things. And for me, again, this is this is where my third way point comes in, is that taking the simpler option, just saying Oh, well, if I use less energy, I don't contribute to depleting energy resources. I also don't contribute to greenhouse gas emissions. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I can light a candle, and that's the first difference I've made today. I'm eating my breakfast, Mm. and I've made a difference. Nice. We're going to go to break again um, now, Dylan, and we'll want to know more about the projects that Transition KW is um, actually taking on when we come back from the break. Sure. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program.
welcome back. My guest is Dylan Siebert, um, and we're discussing um, the, the work of Transition KW and uh, the Transition Movement, which is a global, uh, which is a global movement. We've got a good question, um, actually, from a caller, and then we'll get back to um, we'll get back to actually what the organization is doing. But the question is, where do you draw the line between being resilient and being a doomsday sayer um, kind of attitude. Um, so, how do we keep living, focusing on, keep living, not focusing on all the negative things that could happen? So, we don't want to foster fear. Um, really, what we would want to foster is empowerment. And how do we, you know, how do we keep putting those issues forward um, without it becoming negative, Dylan? That's a really good question. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that question was sent in because that was what I was hoping to talk about next, actually. Um, okay. As I'm as I'm looking at, so I mentioned the climate adaptation toolkit that uh, Transition KW has put together. So right. this document, uh, like I mentioned, has a few practical suggestions, things around your home you can do, things in your neighborhood that you can do to prepare for climate change. Um, there's actually a little list uh, on one of the last pages here. Um, that just has some really simple actions that you can start with. So it's things I've mentioned, adjust the temperature of your home, use less energy in your home. But actually, one of the key items on that list is get to know your neighbors. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's the key difference in the attitude we're trying to build towards these issues. Um, yes, I, I do know people who identify as preppers. Um, they, they don't live in KW. They're off in the woods in various places. Um, but, but I've chosen... <laughs> okay. <laughs> thinking about these issues, I've chosen that the best difference I can make is to be in a community, is to be rooted in a community. Um, Kitchener is where I, Kitchener Waterloo is where I went to high school, where I went to university, where my family is. And um, meeting my neighbors and getting together and talking with these issues with people has been a huge part of turning it around for me from oh no, it's 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 doomsday coming, It's uh, we need to get prepared. Instead, turning around and saying, well, what are the things that promote community health regardless of what we think the future is going to be? What are mm -hmm. the things that increase cap people's capacity to adapt to change, adapt to unexpected crisis? Things like knowing your neighbors, knowing who you can... Um, who you can go over and spend time with when the lights go off in your home, for instance. Mm -hmm. If a tree falls on your house and there's no power, you know, you don't have to sit there and freeze. You can go and get warm in your neighbor's house. Right. Um, a, friend, a friend of mine, he's, he, he, his saying is that the most important thing you can do to change the world is to, is to bring chicken soup to your neighbor. And, um, <laughs> cool. And and what he means by that is that you have to you have to know your neighbor. First of all, you have to know them right. well enough to know that oh you know my neighbor's sick, and then you have mm -hmm. to know that, for instance, that they actually like chicken soup or that they're not mm -hmm. vegetarian or something like that. Because right. in the end, it's it's not going to be our own, you know, for skills that we rely on. If a storm floods our basement, right? Right. or if the power goes out for a couple of days, as it did in Montreal. It's 
it's going to be the people in our neighborhood. Those are the people who are going to reach out to and say, well, hey, what can we get together and share? You know, we have a freezer full of food that is going to go bad, so let's have a barbecue right now. Mm-hmm. Or, on the other hand, you know, who among our neighbors is going to need extra help during these times? You know, maybe an elderly person who um, really needs a warm place to stay. Or, um, you know, all, all these people in our neighborhoods who might have needs that we don't know about or might be able to mm. meet needs that we don't know we have. Right. And and I think it's I think even if you're doing something even though you know that it's small on the on the scale it feels a whole lot better to be taking some control of the situation than than to be throwing up your arms and saying, you know, there's nothing I can do. Exactly. Exactly. And part of it too is is relinquishing the things that that we know we can't do. You know, I mm-hmm. I can't fly myself to to the UN and 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 force all nations to limit their carbon emissions. I I can't do that. Right. I'm not going right. to waste my time thinking about doing that. Instead, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the actions that can make me a productive person mm-hmm. and a less destructive person as well. And I'm also yeah. going to reach out and talk to other people. Well, and and I think that's that's the big key to to doing little things too. If if you know you not turning on your light first thing in the morning until you have to or um you know with, without being an extremist and saying I'm living without hydro, but to not turn it on when you don't need to, you make a little difference, but if you influence 10 people and they influence 10 people and they influence 10 people mm-hmm. then you, then there's a difference there right yes exactly you know if we host yeah. a party that's entirely lit by candlelight all our friends mm-hmm. come over and say wow this is this is this is such a cool cool atmosphere yeah. you set up here and the other thing is that when 20 of us are together in one room at a party that's 19 rooms and houses that aren't using electricity mm-hmm. to stay on, right? Getting right. together with people actually saves energy, saves all those you know, all those hard bits and numbers that we're talking about. A lot of them can be addressed by getting together with people. Yeah, I, I suppose even if, the, even if you've got a group of people watching television, that's one television on instead of one in each home. <laughs> Perfect. Right? You Perfect, know. yeah. Yeah. Or even if my roommate and I... We both want to read our book, so we go to the same room and we sit beside mm-hmm. each other on the couch and use the same light. I mean, there's mm-hmm. another example, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then we and then we're you know, we might be reading our books, we might be off in our own heads, but we're we're present with each other, and that's something that can be powerful for families too. Is that realizing mm-hmm. that? Yeah, these these events can, <laughs> in very physical, practical ways, can draw us closer together, to the same couch, mm-hmm. perhaps. Right. Right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, what are the what are some of the projects that um, Transition KW is involved in? Yeah, good question. Um, because we know that turning out our lights and and things like that do make a difference, but um, it's the bigger things that make more of a difference. Things we can do together, right? So, one one group I'm involved in is Transition Families. Mhm. So that's a network of people. Uh, we've got a mailing list, and we we host events once a month 
Um, they're often a free nature hike or okay. uh, an opportunity to learn about something in nature in a public park. Um, and like you said, I mean, your example of getting two or more people together to watch TV, sure, that saves energy. How about if we got two or more or 20 people outside being active, learning in nature, getting more connected to this this supposed environment that we're, we're always talking about but we never see? So mm-hmm. my, my background, like I said, was at working at a summer camp. I went there as a mm-hmm. camper. I went through the leadership training program. I worked on staff for five summers, loved, loved camp. And right. after I left camp, because uh, camp is not necessarily a place to uh, earn an ongoing uh, living, right. one, yeah. one might say, um, I always thought, you know, every time I come home from camp, I have this crushing camp sickness. It's like homesickness, but it's the reverse. I come back and I right. think, here I am in the city again. Here I am surrounded by all the busyness, the cars, the trucks, the cell phones. Um, how can I, I – I miss that feeling, that feeling of being out in nature, of being with friends, of working together on something that's important to us, even if that's something important is a silly skit we're going to prepare for campfire that night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all things that require no fossil fuel energy. Right. Um, so – my project for the last couple of years has been putting together, um, and this is ind- independently of transition, but I'm working on starting a business uh, that gets more kids outside, gets mm-hmm. more families outside and connected to nature rather than connected to screens. Um, it's called KW Forest School. So right. right, Right now I've been using the training I've sought with various outdoor uh education programs with wilderness skills programs. And what I really want to do is bring those things into the city as a way, as a tangible tool of saying, hey, kids, and your parents too, because it's fun for all ages. But come mm-hmm. on outside, come out, and, 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 and meet this environment that we're always talking about. Like, right. did you know that the birds that rest on your windowsill, the cardinals, the robins, the sparrows, the nuthatches. These birds mm-hmm. have their own language that they communicate with each other. That as you mm-hmm. walk down the street, you can overhear their language. That you mm-hmm. can tap into that uh, secret code that they're calling back and forth. And you can actually learn to detect where that hawk is that lives in your neighborhood that you've never seen before because he's so sneaky. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. kind of thing, those are the kinds of workshops that I've been leading with transition families. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten a lot of really good feedback about it. People are pretty excited just to get outside and to be reintroduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people have memories as children of playing in nature, either on the mm-hmm. farm or in the ravine. Um, a lot of people have that in their background. Yep. A lot of kids today who've, who are growing up in cities, who are growing up with um, technological, popular culture actually need to be reintroduced even more badly than we adults mm-hmm. do. Yeah, no, I agree. I have I have a background that that had um, summer camp in it and and counseling as well, and and just you know just what that week meant every year. And I also grew up in the country, so um, 
it it was very different than you know today our our kids are supervised almost all the time when i was a kid um lived on a farm i'd take off and and be gone for hours um out in the fields so yeah i do certainly understand what what you're saying and and um and that that connection to the to the nature and to the and to the animals around us um and certainly in the city you do see the hawk from time to time you know mm-hmm. sitting uh, sitting above the street and um yeah there's um that that seems like a um a, a very warm and positive part of uh, of transition kw right when there are all those serious issues but um there's some things that that can be very close to home so we're going to go to break one more time um mm-hmm. and uh we'll clarify a few more things after the break is there a contribution that you dream of making in society planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atozen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Lynn Wedham, and I'm speaking with Dylan Siebert. Um, Dylan, so what we were just talking about is called transition families, where where we're helping young people connect to the nature around them. Um, are there other things that do you do you actually ever take um, like groups out into the forest? I know you've got the um, the KW Forest School as well. So, is is does that take place in the city as well, or do you actually take people out of the out of the city? Yeah, excellent question, Lynn. Um, people have been asking me as I've. So, on the one hand, I'm I'm volunteering with Transition KW. I'm helping lead the Transition Families Group, and on the other hand, I'm starting conversations around um, around this social enterprise, KW Forest School. And mm-hmm. in, in both cases, people ask me, oh, you know what? I know this great natural area. It's about 15 minutes outside of town. You can drive there. And it's this beautiful park. And often I, I know of the place. I've been there once or twice. Mm-hmm. But it's a place I don't know very well because I don't own a car. I, I bike. And it's difficult for me mm-hmm. to get to some of these really pristine, large um, nature reserves. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, what's what's been more powerful in my day-to-day life is going to actually uh, public city parks. 
here okay. here in KW we've got Waterloo Park and yeah. we've got Victoria Park in downtown Kitchener. And both of these areas have uh have wooded areas, have wild areas. Mm-hmm. And for me what's what's powerful is on the one hand it's really amazing to go somewhere far away like camp or like yeah. uh provincial park or mm-hmm. um you know a nature reserve on the edge of the city. But if you're, say you're living on a limited income or you don't have access to a vehicle, some of these places can very suddenly become very hard to access. And my philosophy is that nature shouldn't be something that is a privilege. Nature is a right for everyone. So I've been trying to get in touch with, re-engage with the wild places just around my neighborhood. So, for instance, there's an abandoned lot near my neighborhood. It's been abandoned for at least a decade, and there's a pretty good forest growing up there. It's mm-hmm. about the size of a single-family home lot uh, with another empty lot. There's a field next to it. So between this little field and this little forest, I go out there and I can practice my bird language skills. More mm-hmm. than enough birds calling back and forth there. I've seen mm-hmm. the hawk coming in and out of there. I've seen evidence of what I think is a fox. But with foxes, mm-hmm. y- you might wait years before you see a fox. They're yeah. much craftier than you and I. Yeah. All these things yeah. exist. And, and I live in downtown. I live right. uh, just a five-minute walk from the center intersection of Kitchener. And if I can do one thing for families, for kids, for anybody who's thinking about the environment, if I can do one thing to move that conversation forward, it's let's get Mm -hmm. together and talk about something that excites us, that moves us. You know, we've talked a lot about the things we're scared of, the things we don't want to see happen, all the negatives. But let's talk about the nature around us. Let's talk about the way that makes us feel, the way that gets Mm -hmm. us outdoors and moving and connecting with people. Right. Right. So how can people get involved, Dylan? Well, you can check out our website, transitionkw.com. There you can sign up for our mailing list. You can look at our blog and see some of the events we've been up to in the last little while. You can also see some of the films we're screening in Kitchener or Waterloo. Uh, We try to screen pretty regularly films with an environmental message. So any of these can be a first-time event if you want to come out to an event. If you want to join our mailing list, that's always a good way to get in touch with us. And most importantly, you can download the Climate Change Toolkit for free. So that's also on our website. Okay, so all of that, all of that, um, the connection really would be made through the website. Is that correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, what if what if people would like someone to come out to speak to their group um, about the you know men, you mentioned some people would do presentations about the toolkit? Um, can people connect to that on the website as well? Absolutely. Um, you can find our contact information on the website, and the group is just in the in the fin- putting the finishing touches on the on the workshop, putting it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right now we're we're actually looking for partners. We're looking at what kind of organizations want to host conversation around these issues, and want mm-hmm. to tap into the, I guess, the organizational umbrella, or the know-how of people who have been thinking and organizing about this for a couple of years now. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so that's great. So, um, you know, what's next for KW? Well, we're we're in the process of moving from grassroots organization to a nonprofit organization. So that's happening this winter. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to start. Um, we're always we're always welcoming volunteers in. Anybody who wants to get their hands dirty, making a difference, you can join a working group, or you can start your own working group under our umbrella. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, membership drives in the next little while. Uh, welcoming people in to really have a say in the organization, kind of steer where it's going as a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And from there, well, we're just hoping to have more conversations. It's really yeah. about people getting together, like I said, with their neighbors and saying, yeah. what kind of resources can we access? What kind of things should we be looking for on the horizon? Well, that's that's terrific. Thank you, Dylan, for sharing your passion here um, on Step Right with Lynn with us. Uh, I know I'd like to know more about the organization um, and stay in touch, and I'm sure the listeners would as well. So please keep us up to date on um, what Transition KW is, is doing, and we'll be sure to pass along um, that information. So thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lynn. So I'd like to invite our listeners um, to join me on uh, Tuesday, November the 18th for an event called You Don't Need a Million Dollars to Make a Difference. Uh, This event will be held over breakfast in Cambridge. Um, You'll hear from Anne McKay speaking on Make Your Giving Matter to You, uh, from Paul Drulliard, CPA, CGA, on Save Tax and Your Gift Becomes a Win-Win, um, and I will speak on the topic of, will Revenue Canada be your primary beneficiary? Send me an email, and I'll be pleased to send you the details. Uh, we'd love to have your input uh, on this discussion. Uh, remember, I welcome your thoughts, comments, questions, suggestions for guests, or ideas for show topics. Send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. I'd love to chat with you. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.